We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. It is Tobin and Leroy here with you on 560 WQAM. If you guys want to go... Don't mess with Zohan. Rohan. What? You never heard that, seen that movie? Yes. I. Uh, yeah, I think I've seen parts of it. Yeah. Mm. It's really stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you guys want to go to Stars and Strings right now, call number three Ooh. to the contest line. Give us a lineup. Give us a lineup. 567-0560. Call number three to 305-567-0560. A great night of country music. It is going back to Hard Rock Live on November 1st. Your chance to win tickets to see Jordan Davis, oh. Hardy, wow. Brian Kelly, Ashton McBride. Brian Cole. Kelly. My yeah. family. Not not family. <laughs> oh, okay. He was uh, half of Florida Georgia Line. They apparently had a bad breakup. Oh, I was learning yes. about this last week. Oh, really? Cole yeah. Swindell, who's going to be on Jimmy Butler's country album. Ooh. And uh, Haley Witters. They're uh, going to be there. So call it three right now to 305 uh, you guys will win a pair of tickets oh, to Stars shit. and Strings, and you guys get your tickets at Stars and Strings. Let's say, remember last year we tried to figure out if Jimmy Butler was at Stars and Strings instead of mm. at a Heat game. Yep, we never knew. Still don't know. We still don't know. Well, he we still gonna, don't know. He ain't going like. Well, yeah, I don't think it's you know I understand why he doesn't, but his friends were there. Kane Brown was there. I don't know. Mm, you know I'm keeping my eyes open. We'll keep time. our eyes open. They have a game that night too, though, Jay Fix. So I don't think he'll be there. But let's talk to a man who did talk to Jimmy Butler recently. A fantastic article out in Sports Illustrated. There's no one like Jimmy Butler. And a man who is one of the best to cover in the NBA, Rohan Nudkarni, joining us here on the Toyota of Hollywood guest line shop. Hundreds of Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. Rohan, how are you, my friend? It is great to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us. I can't. Is he potted up? Uh, we sit next to each other. There we oh, go. There, there you go. Sit next to each other at the Heat playoff games. Yes. And this and this is what it takes to get me on the show. You know. I, I know. All this time, so I'm, I'm just glad to finally be here. You know. I'm happy to big have time, you. Time, big time, like big time. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna confirm nor deny, but it's possible that Rohan and I were holding hands at one point during Game Six of the Eastern Conference <laughs> yeah, Finals under the table. It's yeah, possible. Neither. <laughs> Neither will I will also not confirm or deny. It's, it's um, yeah, we cannot. We cannot. Yeah. But listen, man, it was a great piece. Uh, he's a fascinating guy to interview. It's not an easy interview with with talking to Jimmy Butler because he's a he contradicts you. He's a troll. So you've done this. You know, if you've talked to Jimmy before, but like, what was it going into this one? Uh, what did you want to get from Jimmy? And uh, and uh, and how did that all uh, I guess go with this with this process? This day with Jimmy Butler, him taking over Sports Illustrated. Um, first of all, you know, it's such a privilege to get to talk to Jimmy. Uh, he's such a funny guy. You know, it's, you said it's, uh, I think it's really easy to interview him actually just because of, uh, how funny he is, how personable he is. He will challenge you, but he'll give you good answers. It's funny. We were at, uh, at his basketball camp, which I think was at St. Thomas. Um, one of those, those fancy private schools I didn't go to when I grew up down here, but, uh, we were sitting in a classroom and he was waiting between events and he was like how much time do we have and they're like oh you have a little bit of a break before your next event and he looks at me and he's like you ready to do your interview he's like all right man you're up he's like i'm putting you on the spot so he he will challenge you like you know um that's definitely something that he likes to do but it's uh it's really honestly just a privilege to talk to him 
he's such an interesting person on and off the court. I would say that what we wanted to get out of him was not just basketball. We wanted we wanted his personality. We really wanted his personality to shine through in this issue, and I, that's what I'm really proud of because I think if you're a fan of Jimmy Butler and you pick up this issue, there's a lot of fun stuff in there. What uh, what was I think that what was the thing that you enjoyed most learning about him this time about? Just uh, I, you know, I, I asked him about his friendship with Carlos Alcaraz, and hearing him, he was like, you know, I, it's not a secret. I don't like going to All Star break. If you don't know, now you know. But telling me about how he went to Argentina, he picked Argentina because he was like, I just wanted to see how lit it was after the World Cup, and he's like, they were still having a good time. Um, and he was like, yeah, you know, I went to go watch Carlos play and. Um, really appreciated him as an athlete and a person and just hearing him, how he likes to just take advantage of the opportunities he has in his life. I think is really cool. I think more NBA players should be like him. I think more people should embrace celebrity and fame and the way Jimmy Butler does. I just feel like he's having a lot more fun than everyone else. He's like world, like he's all over the world. We see pictures of him. He's all over the world. And, and we don't know how, why or whatever, but I guess, you know, interviewing him, you probably get a feel for why he went here, why he went there, what he's trying to get out of this. He seems like a a pretty fascinating dude in that there's nothing on this earth that's holding him back. If he wants to do it, he'll do it and figure it out. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to to put it. He's someone who I think he he will execute his vision, right? And I think that he's someone who wants to – broaden his horizons. I think he wants to be different. I think he wants to go against the grain and not in like an annoying contrarian way. You know what I mean? I think he just, uh, he doesn't want to fall into cliches and traps of what it means to be a basketball player. I think he'll tell you, I mean, he told me it's in the story. He was like, don't let the NBA title fool you. I'm not, that's not just who I am. He doesn't want to be looked at as just a basketball player. Obviously he's great at it. He takes it very seriously. I got to watch him work out for two hours after his basketball camp this man does not take an off day i was like you ever think about resting you ever think about sleeping in like you still waking up at 4 a.m every day he said i don't get i didn't get to where i am by resting at the same time he's someone who i think just really enjoys life and wants new experiences uh doesn't want to just do all the typical things that we expect from nba players ron uh what was uh i guess his you know his his attitude towards the summer of like you know, the whole Damian Lillard saga. And, you know, there's a thought, I think, of some people that, you know, Pat Riley and the Heat let him down because they're wasting his prime years. He seems to keep just getting to the finish line, but they don't have enough to cross. So I guess what was his attitude of the Dame watch, where they are with the organization, and does he feel like the organization, I guess, owes him uh, getting him some more help to, to finally get that elusive championship? I don't think that he feels like the organization owes him. I think that he obviously, I think he would have been happy to play with Damian Lillard. I don't think that he was, I didn't get the sense that he was necessarily banging the table for the heat to acquire him either. Um, And I I spoke to Pat Riley about it. I asked Pat directly, do you feel pressure to acquire someone to play next to Jimmy Butler? And, you know, Pat was like, if you're making a big move with the way the new CBA is, et cetera, you have to hit on it. And I I don't think that he necessarily hesitated with Damian Lillard, but I do think there was a conversation of, are we ready to go all in, second apron, all these things for someone at Lillard's age, etc. So, I think it was uh, always a little bit more complicated than just going out and getting him. I asked Pat, like, how badly do you want to win 
for Jimmy. And even then he brought up, he's like, it's, it's a, with these new rules, like the second apron, it becomes a little bit more difficult. Like Jimmy, he was like, no one's more deserving than Jimmy. So I think they're on the same page. They all want to make it work. I don't think Jimmy, I think Jimmy's tired of people counting him out. And I think that um, what happened this summer just adds more fuel to that fire, especially where people like the Bucks have overtaken him, the Celtics have overtaken him. I think he's like, I get overlooked every year anyway. Why is this any different? Right. He's not, like, it is funny because it's almost like, I, everybody, I think every Heat fan was dying for Damian Lillard too, myself included. I would have yeah. loved him. I would, I would have loved him. Why are you looking at me like that? I look you, you. But now I'm not doing that. Went, I'm not. I'm not harpooning anymore. You I'm went a different guy. crazy. Yeah, but I'm not going to do it anymore. Oh my goodness! This was the last time. This is the last. Rohan, this man is not giving you the full Dude, truth. I'm not. He almost cried. I wanted Damian Lillard. He I almost wanted, cried. I did. I wanted okay. Damian Lillard. But I'm not going right. to do that anymore. All right? I'm not harpooning anymore. <laughs> I'm a changed man. I'm not putting on the captain's hat anymore until Anthony Edwards. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> so at least like at least like three years, I'm not doing it anymore. But I do think that they're kind of in this spot, Rohan, where it's like, yeah, everyone. I get the Bucks thing. Uh, the Celtics, mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure about. I, we'll see. But, um, you know, this is where they like to be. And and they got they got, you know, Tyler coming in on this kind of revenge tour. So what do you make of them coming through? Spo saying, I think that we got more depth. Obviously, there seems to be a pretty big point guard hole. But, like, do you think that they should be counted out again? Or or should we be done doing that? I think it would be unrealistic to say they're the favorites. Um, And Spo, you know, Spo loves to say we have enough. That's, you know, I think Spo, if he's – you know, buried one day, his tombstone will say we had enough. Um, <laughs> that's his, he loves, that's his favorite saying in the world. I think we have enough. I, I don't think the heat is presently constructed can be considered favorites. I think they're probably behind Philly as well. In addition to Milwaukee and Boston. But one thing I'll add is Kyle Lowry's on an expiring deal. We'll see how it goes with him to start the season. I think things have been a little bit tense there, but in the event that they do decide to move on from Kyle, for example, we saw last year the Lakers, you know, Russell Westbrook went from unplayable to they attached a protected first to him at the deadline and got back some useful pieces. I think that there's moves out there for them to make. That might not be the sexy move. It might not be the splashy move. You might not be putting on the captain's hat for it, but I think there are moves that they can make that would improve them and get them closer to Milwaukee and Boston. So I think it's presently constructed. I, I'm not. I don't think you can call them the favorites. You can't count them out. But I, I'm. I think this team can't really be judged until the trade deadline. The the incredible thing about all this is we talk about how good Boston is and how good Philly is and how good the Bucks are. But they haven't been more successful than the Heat, and we still keep doing this going into every season. It's like in most sports we say. Until I see these guys get over the hump, I'm not including them. But in basketball with the Heat, we just automatically throw all these other teams above them, and then the Heat do it again, and we act shocked. Oh, I can't believe they got past this team again. Why is that? Like, why doesn't the success that these team this team has had with the same players and injuries, right? Why doesn't that mean anything? And these other teams not chasing the Heat and getting what the Heat have? I mean, it's a great question. And I think that's kind of been the story of Jimmy the last four years. I don't think any team has overachieved more than the Miami Heat. You know, I mentioned this in the story. Think about the summer of 2019, LeBron and AD team up. Kawhi and Paul George team up. Uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving 
team up. Eventually, James Harden joins them. Now you got Kevin Durant with Bradley Beal and Devin Booker and Phoenix. You have all these different team-ups happening, yet over the last two years, no, no team has more finals appearances and playoff wins in the Miami Heat. And I think that's all directed to Jimmy. I mean, Bam obviously plays a big role, but I think Pat called Jimmy the straw that stirs the drink. It, it all starts with him. I think it's because people were not expecting Jimmy to be as good as he is in Miami, frankly. I think people had a lot of respect for Jimmy around the league, but didn't really view him as a top 10 guy. And I think he's unquestionably a top 10 player in the NBA right now, just based on what he's done over the last four years. I, I, part of it is just the Heat are have shown to be just a different team in the playoffs than what they've been over the regular season the last four years as well. Uh, they've been a solid regular season team over the last four years, but something about the, the style of playoff basketball, they just turn into a different beast, frankly. So they're a team that, that makes it very hard to judge, right? I mean, well, Rohan, they were the number one seed, say, what, two years ago? Two years ago. Two years ago, they were the number one seed. So even during the regular season, they were like, oh, they're the number one seed, but everybody was hurt. <laughs> Soon as they get healthy, they'll run over the heat. That's what we heard when they were the number one seed. It's been so many variants. No, it, it's a... <laughs> It's a fair point. It's a fair point. I I think that people just don't know what to expect at this point from guys. Like, when we we obviously here in South Florida, we see Gabe up close, Max up close, mm-hmm. Caleb Martin up close. But even those guys go to another level sometimes in the playoffs that I think yeah. can be very hard to predict. So, uh, I, it, listen, it's a very tough team to get a read on. Even this year, I keep being like, <laughs> well, surely they're going to take a step back. But it's like, how can you count them out? I feel, right. you know, it, it's a, a tough team to get a read on. I think the thing that's going to be interesting, Ron, is going to be Tyler because, you know, he seems like he's coming into this whole thing and handled everything with the right attitude. Clearly a little bit of pissed offness, but I think it's almost maybe Mm -hmm. going to be a benefit to him. What do you think is, I guess, the fair outlook to him? Because he's going to turn 24 in the middle of the year, so it's kind of going from, like, you know, baby in the league to, like, starting to creep towards Mm -hmm. the prime. What do you think is a fair outlook for Tyler? Fair outlook is tough. I mean, listen, I I haven't necessarily always been the biggest hero fan. I'm really impressed with the way he handled the summer. I think that showed a lot of maturity. Um, That's it's not easy what he's been through this summer, not only being bandied about in the trade rumors, but then hearing over and over again, teams don't want you. You're not a good trade chip, et cetera. I don't think he could have handled it any better than he has in terms of the fair outlook for him. I'm I'm not looking at, you know, points for game. I'm not looking at all that. I think the two things are going to be important to me. Um, three things I should say, free throw attempts, three point attempts and defense. That's what it's going to come down to because he, he's a talented player. He can score, but can he get to the rim and score more efficiently? Can he shoot? He's such a good three point shooter. Will he shoot more threes, get rid of those mid range shots? Will he shoot more threes? And at the end of the day, if you want to be an impact player in this league, if you want to be an impact player in the playoffs, you got to be able to play defense. And I think there's a reason why the heat have looked really good with Max Struess the last couple of postseasons in the lineup because Max, even if he's not a great defender, will hold his own on that end of the floor. Mm-hmm. That's something that Tyler has not been able to do consistently enough. So I think to me, it's not even about points per game, et cetera. I, I think he's highly motivated. There's no question about that. But at the end of the day, he's got he's got to prove it defensively if he's going to be an impact player for this team in the postseason. Ron, isn't that a heat staple though? He'd say, well, you come in with a certain skill and we help you develop all the other skills that you are lacking, whether it's defense, whether it's shooting, whether it's ball handling, whether it's getting to the rim. So he's only four years in. Like, and, and we all say that the, the, your prime is 26-27. Why are we doing this with all these young players? 
that it has to happen now when, if you look at the history of the NBA, it doesn't happen until they're 26, 27. I agree. Let me put it this way. I definitely think he has room to grow in his game. He's not a finished product. I think the, the reason why there's such a spotlight on him is because this team is clearly ready to win now, right? So they're asking, they they got to put more on his plate. He was such a big part of that first finals run as a rookie. Obviously, 37 against Boston in that memorable game in the bubble. So it might be a little bit unfair how much is being put on his plate as such a young player. Um, but that that's the that's the consequence of being on a championship contender, right? I think, and I think Tyler welcomes that. Like he welcomes that attention. He said over and over again, I deserve to be in this class of players and he obviously wants to prove it. I really respect that. Um, but you know, that when you're on a championship team, when you're on a team that's trying to win, that kind of spotlight comes with it. Talking to Rohan Carney, you can read his article. There's no one quite like Jimmy Butler on SI.com. It's a really early before we get you out of here, Rohan, what was the most goosies inducing thing that Pat Riley told you? Oh, God, there's so many Goosey's things that Pat Riley told me. I- I'm going to tell you a few real now quick. Now I know you guys hang out too much because you knew right away what Goosey's meant, and now yes. I'm scared. Now I'm scared. He told me that uh, I was like – I asked him. He had a quote in his uh, press conference at the end of the season about how Jimmy doesn't need a pat on the back um, for motivation, and I asked him about that, and Pat goes, that reminds me when Michael Thompson walked into my office in 86 after we traded for him on the Lakers, and he walked right to my desk and said, Coach – I don't need a pat on the back to be motivated. I was like, whoa. Wow. Yeah. Um, he told me that Mickey Arison called him uh, during the, I believe it was the 07, uh, 06, 07 season. You might remember the year that they were terrible. They ended up getting Beasley in the draft. He's losing a bunch of games. It's the last year of Pat Riley's career. He says, Mickey calls him and says, why don't you just step down and let Spo take over the team? Why are you taking all these losses here? You know, Pat Riley, you're a legend. Pat tells me that, uh, he was like, I didn't want to give the team over to Spo because he probably would have won too many games uh, down the stretch. Wow. Um, and then, uh, oh gosh, there was one more. Oh yes, he told me. So I'm going to tell you guys the story, but I'm still trying to report it out. I, I unfortunately Spo was in East Asia during a lot of the reporting for the story, so I didn't get to ask him about this. But Pat Riley said the first night that they signed Jimmy, him, uh, Pat, Eric, and Jimmy were at dinner together. I think some other people were there. He said their first night meeting, Spo and Jimmy got into an argument. And he said they were both heated and they had to agree to disagree. Um, but it's just, that yeah, sounds like, they're, they're always on. They're always perfect. on. That sounds like Jimmy and it sounds like Spo. <laughs> <laughs> That's tremendous. Rohan, thanks for the time, man. Thanks, really Rohan. appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Thank you for having me on. There you go, man. Uh, go check it out. There's no one quite like Jimmy Butler. Rohan Nutcarney does a I great felt, job. Go I follow him. I like you. Hmm? Defending the heat. I know. No, no, the facts are the facts, dude. You can't just, I can't just, like, everybody has this, this, you know, idea of what the Heat are, and it starts with the people that write about the Heat. Yeah. You have the facts. You know what these these guys have done, what Jimmy has done. And yet, the only thing we've got out of this offseason is Jimmy can't do it by himself. Tyler's not good enough. And... We don't do that with young players. I know. We don't do that with Tyler's twenty four years old. I'm the off guy's already been six play, six man of the year, and we've already dismissed him for all the things he can't do. I'm just glad you agree with me, dude. I don't. Stop it. <laughs> you guys are like samesies. No, nope. exactly, dude. Yeah, he don't need you, DJ Khaled. Just saying. Back after this. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.